so my son, and, and this is how it all started, my son and my wife realized that some of you may have noticed this before. I'm a little thin back here. Not so much here, but I am thin back here. And my son says to me, uh, this is how he affectionately calls me, and I was only like 36 at the time, old man, why don't you shave that off? Because you can't grow hair anymore. I got a little offended, right? So this is my last hurrah on my hair at that moment. And I proceeded to grow my hair out for several years. So I know you can, none of you can imagine this, uh, but I had hair down onto my shoulders. It's big, curly, and I grew out a big, gruff beard. And uh, my son also called me fat, I think, and so I chose to start working out. And so I got a little bit muscular, more muscular, and uh, not that I was any bodybuilder by any means, and I rode a motorcycle. How many of you love to ride? I love to ride motorcycle. No better feeling than getting out on the bike, right? I loved it. But I portrayed a certain image is what it came across as. I was this big, burly, long-haired. I did not look like an executive group leader. Biker type guy. Johnny, I was not a biker. Just so you know, brother, I was not bad. But I looked like one. And I, I knew my business really well. And so I spoke like I knew my business. If you know me in a business world, I speak very plainly and I speak very clearly. And I don't, I don't suffer fools, if you will. Right? I just don't. And, and so I began to, to really gain, I guess, a, a perception of me. And uh, I, was, I was sitting at lunch one day with my other, other people, and I was kind of enjoying the lunch. And, and if you know me, I, I may not be that much fun in business, but I'm a lot of fun outside of it. I'm a pretty jovial guy. And this guy who wants to be a group leader comes up to me, and he says, can I talk to you for a few minutes? And I was like, sure, man. I love mentoring people. If you know me, I love mentoring people. I love to coach. I love all of that stuff. And I've never seen somebody look so scared in their whole life. I mean, this guy is, I mean, he's, he's like shaking. And I said, what's up, man? And I said, what's going on? And he said, well, as part of my assignment, I was supposed to come and find the scariest guy here. And I was supposed to talk to him, and they said, that's you. And that's not who I was, because what I really loved was coaching people. What I really loved was mentoring people. I loved getting down in the dirt with, with the people. But as he began to, to talk to me about this, I began to become very cognitive of this perception of me in the workplace. And that perception began to rule who I was. I began to almost lean into it a little bit because if that's what they believed about me, that's who you were darn well going to get. You were going to get that guy. He's not real fun, is he, Kelton? Not a particularly fun guy. And I began to change my identity. I began to rule who I was 
in that moment. It began to rule what I thought about myself. And it was not who I was. Maybe you can identify with a little bit of that this morning. That you've had that moment where you have begun to believe what others have said about you this morning. What Satan has fed you a lie of who you are this morning. Well, let's pray this morning. Why don't we pray? Father, I just... God, I... I know this message is directly from your heart. Lord, I just pray right now that you will open hearts today, God. Lord, that you will begin to take the blinders and the blockages off the hearts of the people here today. God, that they will begin to hear who you say they are this morning. God, that lies will be broken this morning. Lord, that chains will fall away this morning, God. Lord, that that you will come and reveal who you have called us to be this morning. Lord, I pray that every word out of my mouth this morning will be spoken directly from you. Lord, that there won't be any of me here, but that this will be you and you alone this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to proclaim something this morning before we even get any further in. That this has been one of the most amazing and one of my favorite sermon series as we do. Is the identity. I believe that it is one of the, the, the maybe one of the single biggest issues that we face as people today. We don't know who we are. It's because we've lost the source of truth. And when you take away the source of truth, there's nothing left but a bunch of ideas. I'm hoping that while you were, they were putting these up this morning, that each one of you begin to look at these. And maybe some of you had this moment, you said, that's me. You said, boy, that word just stuck in my crawl, if you will. You know, there's a lot of different words up here this morning. There's sinner, unwanted, orphan, Abused, lost, broken, sick, failure, cursed, and dead. I don't know if most of you, I've identified with one or two of these in my life. But I've also had some other ones. Maybe these you'll find a little more fun. So as I reflect over it, these are some of the different identities I've worn. Little Kelly. I hate that one, by the way. Only my 
Only my uh, close family gets to call me that. Kelly Jr., only my mom calls me that. Husband, dad, father, depending on how my son feels that day. <laughs> Boss, employee, friend, pastor, and I'm sure there's a few I'm forgetting. Right? I'm sure there's a couple of them. And here's a few other identities I've worn over the past few, this 48 years of life, that maybe weren't so good. The kid with the sick mom whose mom died. Weak. Scared. Jerk. With a few other adorations of that that I can't mention. Rejected. Failure. Cursed. Unworthy. And here's the reality. All of these titles, whether they're good or bad, we can get wrapped up in them and they can define us. They can define who we, who we think we are. And then guess what happens? We begin to lose sight of who we really are. Our perception, remember I said this, our perception becomes reality. We lose the value of who God created us to be. And it causes an identity crisis. And when we lose our identity, it creates this spinning. It creates this anxiety because we don't know who we are. We don't know what we're supposed to be. Are we supposed to be a long-haired biker? Are we supposed to be a pastor? Are we supposed to be a mother? A father? We don't know. In the world we live in, I'm going to be honest with you guys, they want us to lose our identity. They want us to lose the identity that God has given us. And it shows in the way that we live. That the way the world is in this moment. People continue to look for the next best thing. Have you noticed that? I've never seen people jump like I've seen them jump lately. Jump from the next thing. If I'm hurting someone's feelings here, I'm not intending to. We now have pronouns that have six different pronouns to how you call yourself. We don't know who we are because we've taken away who the one who made us says we are. And people can't decide what they're supposed to be because they don't know what God created them to be. So they assign themselves one of these. They just assign themselves one of these values. Because we've placed more emphasis right now on the minute to minute than we have placed on the eternal of who God has said we are. The Apostle Paul he addresses this in Romans 1.25, and it's a harsh verse, but he, he's so truthful. He says, they traded the truth about God for a lie. So when you trade truth about God for a lie, here's what happens. So they worshiped and served the things of God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. 
when we deviate from that one truth, that one standard, God, who he says we are, we lose who he's called us to be. But when we keep God at the center of our lives, we keep him at the middle of it, he becomes our truth, and he is, keeps us centered with where we should be at. So today we're going to combat those false identities. We're going to go fast. I've been slow here, but we're going to go fast in just a couple of minutes because I believe God is about to do some breakthroughs. I truly believe that. I, Pastor, I'm going to repeat what Peter said today. Silver I may not have, but what I have I will give you this morning because that's what the Holy Spirit has told me. He's been telling me all week long that there is breakthrough to come this week. So we're going to flip over. If you have your Bibles, if not, you can look at the screen this morning. Colossians 3, 9 through 15. And we read out of the New Living Translation. It says, Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and its wicked deeds. Now listen here. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, come on, you've left the old life, folks. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are Jew or Gentile, white or black. I'm going to add a little bit here. It does not matter. Man or woman, it doesn't matter whether you're circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. Now, now here's, this is good news for all of you. Since God chose you to be a holy people, he loves you. You must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember that the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ's rule in your heart. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Those are powerful words, aren't they? You know, I have a, just one little, less, little more story, I guess. You know, when I was in my 30s, I had kind of early 30s. I wouldn't say I walked away from Christ, but I kind of lost my identity in him. And I began to, to really buy into this, my, that I just couldn't be righteous enough. And I couldn't, and it's, that's true, right? But what I was missing was the fact that Jesus paid for me. Now, some of you may like this, some of you may not, and that's okay. I so struggled with that at that point in my life that I felt so unworthy and I felt so unrighteous that I needed to be reminded that Jesus paid my price. And if those of you seen me without a shirt on, without a short sleeve shirt on, there's a big tattoo on my arm that has this reminder that I'm paid for. Because I needed to be marked in that moment. I needed to be reminded of the identity. Heidi and I are wearing these awesome shirts this morning that she found that talk about our identity in Christ. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to draw attention to them, but there's a reason why we wore them this morning. Because we want to combat the lies of the evil one, of Satan himself. 
And that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do today. We're going to be much like Jacob this morning. When God, he wrestled with God, he said, I won't let you go until you bless me. Because I'm no longer going to be the deceiver. I'm no longer going to be this man that I was. He was bound to that. It was how he operated because he believed in the identity of what Jacob meant, which was deceiver. And God says, I'm going to change your name. Look at Peter. He was Simon. He was the hothead. He denied Jesus. <laughs> he was faithless at times. And Jesus said, I'm going to change your name, Peter. I'm going to change it to Peter, the rock. You're going to live out the identity I've called you to be. Here they were. Some of you are looking at these and you're saying, I'm broken. I'm sick. I'm cursed. I'm dead. And Jesus is saying to you today, he's calling you out of darkness and he's going to give you a new identity. Come on. That's good stuff. Well, I'm going to be all over this place here today, so I hope you all can handle that. We even expanded the camera this morning so that you could, you could get a little bit more of this. You know, one of the first things I thought about that people struggle with this morning is sinner. They, they, get, they get all hung up that I'm a sinner. I'm not good enough. I'm not clean enough. I'm not able to do this. Let me tell you what Psalms 32.5 says. It says, finally, I confessed all my sins to you and I stopped trying to hide my guilt and I told myself I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and guess what? You forgave me and all of my guilt is gone. My favorite song right now says he picked me up and he turned me around. And he said, I've saved you. He says, I have saved you. You are no longer defined by the sin that burdens you when Jesus saves you. Instead of sinner, you are forgiven. Because the Father, when he looks at you, Heidi, when he looks at you, <laughs> he sees his son he sees the price that was paid for your life. The blood that was shed is not meaningless. You are saved. For those of you who continue to wallow around in your sin and you continue to roll back to it, as the Bible says, as you like a dog back to its vomit, stand on this that you are saved this morning. You are saved. You are walking under the authority of the creator of the earth, the creator of you. You are walking under him and you are he says, you're saved this morning. You are saved from the sin that shackled you this morning. Mm. How many identify with this next one? Unwanted. I don't know the circumstances of your life that's caused you to feel unwanted. Maybe you've suffered a divorce. Maybe a friend has left you. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. But let me tell you what Deuteronomy 7, 6 says about you. It says, for you are a holy people who belong to the Lord your God. 
of all people on the earth. The Lord your God has chosen you to be his own special treasure. So he picked me up and he turned me around and he chose me. He chose me. Let me tell you, I'm speaking directly to somebody out here today. I don't know who it is. Maybe you feel my eyes on you. I don't know. You are no longer unwanted. You are no longer unwanted. You are chosen. No matter what Satan, no matter what people tell you, what they've deceived you with, God has said, I chose you and I want you. God has, get this, get this through your head. God has selected you personally. He don't care what you've done. The word says, as far as the east is from the west, that your sin is forgotten. I don't care what your sin was, nor does he. Because you are chosen this morning. I love that. Let me read that to you again. God has selected you personally for this moment, for this time. You are not happenstance. You are not here by chance today. People may have tossed you aside. Let's be honest. It happens, doesn't it? Jobs toss us aside. Spouses toss us aside. Sometimes even our kids toss us aside, don't they? But let me tell you, God says he has room for you in the house today. He has room for you. You personally. That, that room is yours. You don't have to share it with somebody else. You are his treasure this morning. Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you, my wife is my treasure. And I know how I value her, and God values me even more. Because let me tell you, you are worthy of the price of his son. You are worthy of that this morning. You were chosen of the gift, have the gift of his son's blood shed for you. That's how much he wants you. He wants you this morning. He wants you at all times. Mm. Orphaned. I told you I was, my mother passed away when I was young, and I, I struggled a little bit with that. I have a mom who is an amazing mom, but there was always this little piece of me that struggled. I'm orphaned. Why did she go away? Mm. But let me tell you what 1 John 3 says. It says, see how very much our Father loves us. For he calls us his children. And that is what we are. But the people who belong to the world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. Let me tell you, you are no longer orphaned. Because he picked you up. And he turned you around. And you became a child. Of God. You're no longer alone. You have a Father who loves you, who weeps for you, who, who sings over you, the Bible says. There's all these things. He loved you so much that He gave up His only Son to include you. Look around you today. You have a family around you this morning that God is giving you, He's provided for you. Hmm. Those earthly feelings, those feelings that you have here, 
that your earthly parents may have caused you. They do not bind you today. You are no longer bound by that spirit of, of orphan. He frees you, he loves you, and he stands beside you this morning. He stands right beside you. Oh, come on. He's holding your hand this morning. Come on. I know what that's like. I know what that's like as a father to hold the hand of my child. And here he is. He's holding your hand. You are not alone this morning. You are not worthless this morning. Mm. He'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. Even when you don't understand it. One of my favorite songs we sing here is even when I don't see it, even when I don't feel it, he's standing right beside me. abused. You walked in, you looked at that sign, and somebody's here, and it just pricked their heart. I don't know who it is that beat you up. I don't know who verbally smacked you around. I don't know who did that to you. I'm sorry, first and foremost. I am, but let me tell you what God says about you. That's out of Luke 12, verses 6 and 7. It says, what is the price of five sparrows? Two copper coins. Yet God does not forget a single one of them. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. Because you are more valuable to God than a whole flock of, of sparrows this morning. Don't be afraid. Those of you who've stood in that abuse, it's no longer time to be afraid because God picked you up and he turned you around this morning and he says, you are valued. He values you. You mean something to him. The Father is declaring, though, that you may feel worthless today, you may feel abused today, that you have value and you have worth. I don't care what that man said about you. I don't care what that woman said about you. I don't care what that parent said about you. I don't care what your boss said about you. You probably had some bosses like me who weren't always nice. Right? And, and let's be honest. The Father declares today that you are worth that value. Not one detail of your life. Hear me out. Those of you who think you're forgotten, and you're not worthy, and you're abused. He hasn't missed one detail of that. He hasn't missed one single detail. He created you before you were even thought of. And you are no longer defined by that abuse. I'm telling you right now, we are breaking the chain of that abuse. You are not defined by that. That, that, that abuse you suffered no longer is who you are. You are valued and you are God's treasure. That's what he says you are. Lost. Anybody ever felt lost? Just kind of wondering where the heck am I going? What is happening? Mm. Let me tell you about Luke 15, 24. This is Jesus' very own words. He tells in a parable. Tells the parable of the son who went away. And he says, for this is the son of mine was dead and is now returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. And so guess what? This is my favorite part of it. He said, so the party began. 
See, when you, you live lost, you are not invited to the party. But when you are found, when God picks you up and he turns you around and says, you are found. Let the party begin. Let life truly begin this morning. You feel like you don't have a place, maybe. You feel like you, you've lost your internal GPS, if you will. Because you don't know where to go, what to do. Some of you come in here because you just didn't know where else to go. Well, let me tell you, God's GPS was working. And he's drawing you into his heart this morning. He set a path for you. Young people, there's a few of you in here, and you wonder where you're going right now. Where does my life lead? He has a path for you if you'll step onto it. And he will lead you and he will direct you and he will cause your footsteps to be ordered. That's what the word of God says. He will order your footsteps and you will go to the places that he's called you to. You will go to the people that he has called you to. This morning. Your life will matter. You will be found in him this morning. What's really cool about this is we get to do this path because God has found other people and set them on the same path. And guess what? We get to do it together. We get to be found together because that path leads us right to one another. I got the opportunity last night to host a little group in our home. And I was never so blessed as I have been last night because he led me directly to each and every one of you. I was found. Mm. Broken. Sometimes we feel incomplete. We feel like there is, feel a little bit like Humpty Dumpty. We've been broken. You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know let me tell you what Ephesians 1.7 says. It says, He so rich, is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Let me tell you what he says. He says, you're, you, you, you think you're broken? He says, he picked you up and he turned you around and he calls you redeemed. Come on, redeemed this morning. <laughs> Jesus put you back together. What Humpty Dumpty's men couldn't do, Jesus did through his blood. He didn't just put you back together in a haphazard old way. He put you back together in the way that God intended for you to be. He intended that intended purpose. He put you back together. So stop standing there and telling everybody you're broken because in the name of Jesus, in his blood, you are not broken. You are then living in weakness. You are living powerlessly because you have believed the perception, the lies that Satan has told you. You are not broken. You are redeemed. And it was not a cheap price. You are favored and you are free in God. You are not chained to those broken pieces anymore. 
you may be without Jesus. You might be broken, but with him, you are complete. So let me say this one more time. That brokenness that you stand on, the price was paid. You were redeemed for your sins. So quit sitting in them and identifying with them. Letting them define you this morning. Some of you walked in here this morning and you, I'm sick. I know. I know. But let me tell you what the word says about being sick. Isaiah 53, 4 through 6. It says, yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. And all of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. You are not sick in Jesus' name. Your sickness does not define you. I'll be honest. The world is what the world is. This body is not eternal. What you're looking at right now. It's going to break down. But there is healing. In Jesus' name. So he, you are, you are not defined by your sickness. You are defined because he picked you up and he turned you around and he called you healed. I don't know if you caught on to the price that was paid for your healing. Stop standing in your sickness. I understand the, it is, the world is real. When Adam and Eve sinned and the curse fell upon this earth, yep, sickness was going to come. But we don't have to be defined by it. Cancer does not define you. Your sickness does not define you. Your mental health does not define you. Your brokenness does not define you. Because when we stand in Jesus, we're healed. We're healed in his name. Mm. This is one that was really personal to me. Failure. I struggled with feeling like a failure a lot of my life. I, from my work life at times, because I couldn't get to the next level, if you will, to a leader in a church. I mean, I used to tell Aaron, he was like, hey, what, what do you want to do? And I, he'd like, I, I'd be like, oh, I'll do this, I'll, I'll do this. And, and eventually I just thought of myself as the ministry killer. You'd put me into a ministry, and I just figured it was going to die at some point, right? It would fail because I had attached myself to it. That's the truth. I mean, I killed a, I killed a, like basically killed a college ministry, I felt like. I had anything he would put me in. I had a Sunday school class. I taught the first We Believe in Waterloo. By the third week, nobody else was there. It was just me and donuts. <laughs> I mean, that's no joke. Even my own wife didn't want to come. It was that bad. It was bad. Right? I just felt like such a failure. 
Everything I did felt like I was a failure, and that's the only identity I could come to. I got to a point when Aaron came, called me to even come here, and I was like, are you sure that's what you want? Is that, are you sure? That's what you want is, is that. But let me tell you, I am not a failure because I am, God picked me up and he turned me around and he said, you are victorious. First John 5, 5 says this, it says, who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the son of God. Mm. See, because God calls you an overcomer. You are not a failure. Those things that you think you continue to fail at, you are not a failure. You are victorious. The word of God tells us to cast our cares upon him and see him work upon our behalf. Mm. So quit basing your success and your failure on your performance. And begin to see the victory in Jesus. It says he overcame the world. Here's what Romans 8, 31 30 through 39 says. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can be against us? Since he did not even spare, listen to this. He didn't even spare his own son. But gave him up for all of us who will he won't also give us his own. No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. He is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. What's in here? Can anything separate us from the Christ love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we were killed every day and we were being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all of these things, listen, all of those things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Now let me give you some more hope here. I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky, above or in the earth, below, indeed nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love that God is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. You are no longer a failure. Oh, man, when the Father stands in front of you, you are victorious. You can take it to the bank today, guys. Cursed. Some of, I've heard that word tossed around a little bit. I'm cursed. I tell you, there's no curse in Jesus Christ. It says the curse of sin was broken, is what the word says, through his blood. Here's, here's what Jeremiah 17, 7, 8 says. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord. This is my life verse, by the way, just so you know. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees 
planted along a riverbank. You ever been down a river? I love to kayak down the river. Well, those trees look good. With roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by the long months of drought. Their, li- their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. You are not cursed. Because let me tell you, when Jesus comes into your life and he picks your life up and he turns it around, you are blessed. Oh, you're blessed. See, we choose to live with Jesus over our lives. The curse that was on our lives is broken. That's what his word declares. That's what his blood declares. But let me tell you, you got to choose. You can choose to stand in the curse if you want to. That's what we've been talking about. You can choose to stay in this curse, or you can choose to step out of the curse. The other part of my new favorite song, I told you, lifts me up. Picture. He says, get up out of that grave. That's what that song is. He said, get up out of that grave because you've got a choice. You've, the curse has been broken. You are living a blessed life. So get up out of that grave and start living the blessing that God has called upon you. I know some of you are going to go through rough times. I've been through some. Droughts, even. But you are like a tree planted along a river. And your roots are deep. And you will continue to bear fruit as long as you stay close to the river. Mm. Finally. How many of you feel like sometimes you're just dead inside? Don't raise your hand. That's not, I don't want to see that. But have you felt dead inside? I've heard people say it all my life, right? I just feel so dead. I don't feel, I don't, I don't know, I can't, I can't feel. Let me tell you what Colossians 2.13 says. You were dead because of your sins, and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all of your sins. So when he picked you up and he turned you around, Step out of that grave. Come on. He's calling you just like Lazarus. Step out of the grave. Come alive. Come alive. Because you are not dead. The only thing you're dead to, guys, is your old identity. What you were is no longer who you are. You are alive in Christ. It's time to break that bondage of death, of sin that lays over your life. But you've got to step out. Let me tell you, the Bible tells us that we were born again, and that signals life. When something is born, there's life. It's eternal life, a new life empowered and defined by Christ's righteousness. Kelton, why don't you come on up? We're going to be bold today. Pastor, I'm telling you, this is, I believe this is what God has said this morning. When you said that, it confirmed it in my spirit this morning. Because there's freedom in this house today. There is freedom from all of this negative on the backside. From being a sinner, an unwanted, orphan, abused, lost, broken, sick, 
failure, cursed, dead. Let me tell you what you are now. You are saved. You're chosen. A child of God. You are valued. You are found. I can't remember what this one said now. Redeemed, right? You're healed. You're victorious. You're blessed. And you're alive this morning. We're going to step into that this morning. We're going to take that time to do it. But I told you, everything that Aaron and I have been talking about, this is all a choice. This is your choice because God already paid the price. Jesus paid the price on a cross for your life. So I'm going to do something very different today. I'm going to do something really different. But it's going to require a little boldness on your part. It's going to require you. Remember what I said that song said? What did it say? Step out of that grave this morning. Step out. If that's you this morning, if these these negative ones have defined your life, I want you to do me a favor this morning. Because we're going to break... We're going to break the chains this morning. God said, I am here to break the chains this morning. If that's you this morning, if you said, man, I want to live, I want to live in these. One of them, I want you to come find the one that you're in front of this morning. The one that you need to define your life this morning, where you need a chain broken this morning. Come on, don't be, don't sit this morning. And I tell you what, Heidi and I, 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 I'm not even asking our prayer team this morning. I want you to come and stand in front of here. And I believe that chains are going to be broken this morning. I believe that the Spirit of God is going to break the identity that has bound you. And He's going to give you a new name this morning. He's going to redefine you this morning. He's going to give you the purpose that you were created for this morning. If that's you, you want to be a part of this. Come on, I'm asking you to be bold. Don't don't stand anymore. Come on, Johnny, I see you getting up. Come on. I I don't call people out very often. Come on. Come on. You need to get get these chains broken this morning. Come on. Don't stand around this morning. I'll be honest with you. For the rest of you who maybe aren't that interested, you're dismissed. Because I'm serious about God's business this morning. I believe that God has wants to do breakthrough this morning. He, he's telling you, make your choice this morning. Step out of the grave this morning. Stop wallering. Just like a pig does. I did some work on a pig farm when I was young. And they just waller in their own stuff. It's time to break the cycle this morning. It's time to break the chains that bound us. You are not abused. You are not lost. You are not broken. You are not sick. You are not a failure. You are not cursed. You are not dead. And Jesus, you are alive this morning. So, bless you. For those of you who are looking and you you want to be down here this morning, I want to be with you. I'm going to turn this off and I'm going to come through and Heidi and I are going to start praying over you. Kelton's